0: Today, we are continuing our sermon series called Water for the Way. We're going to continue in the Gospel of John this week. Last week, we read the story of Nicodemus. And if you remember, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was a teacher of the law. He was a member of the Jewish council. And he goes to Jesus in the middle of the night with a question. He asks Jesus, what does it mean to be born again? And today, we're going to read another story. It's a bit different from the last story, this time it's about a Samaritan woman. And unlike last week's story, Jesus goes to her with a question. And unlike Nicodemus, she doesn't have any standing in society. She's a Samaritan. And Jews typically, traditionally, did not associate with Samaritans. They were considered dirty, they were considered other, just based on their heritage, their lineage of the family they were born into. So they didn't associate, they were the other. And also, she was a woman. And in that culture, men weren't supposed to interact with women one-on-one like that, unless they were in your same family. It It could be seen as scandalous. And third, she was divorced. And there's a lot of stigma and rumors around who she is and her history. And so this story is not like last week where we saw this holy religious man coming to Jesus in the middle of the night. Here we see Jesus going to this outcast woman. And this this text is good news for us today, for anyone who has ever felt like an outsider, like a nobody, because it tells us that Jesus sees you and he doesn't turn away from you. In fact, he goes towards you, he seeks you out. The nobodies of the world matter to Jesus. And if you feel like a nobody today, you matter to Jesus. I think that's one of the messages here. And as some of you know, I've been watching on Netflix the TV series The Chosen. I just finished the first season this weekend, and I wanted to share with you a clip from that show. It's a clip from this passage that we're going to be reading. I've been slowly making my way through this series, and I've appreciated the way that they they bring the scripture to life, they bring a cultural dimension, the and they help fill our imagination, but I also, at the same time, these videos, they add their own interpretation to the reading of Scripture. And so I always want to say it's important to also read the Scripture. So right now I'm going to open my Bible up to John 4. And it is a long passage, so I'm going to have you stay seated. And we're going to read the same story in the Scriptures. John 4, beginning with verse 4. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sikar. For Jews do not associate with Samaritans.
1: Jesus answered
0: her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me. The woman said, I know that the Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking to her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back up to the town and said to the people, Come, see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought you food? My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it is four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and a harvest of crop for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps," is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefit of their labor. really is the Savior of the world. This is the word of God for the people of God.
1: Thanks
0: be to God. God. Last week, Nicodemus went to Jesus in the middle of the night. It's almost as if he didn't want people to see him. This week, Jesus goes to the woman in the middle of the day. And it's a Samaritan woman. And Jews, they don't associate with Samaritans, but Jesus, he goes to her for a drink of water. And when the Interaction is finished. She runs off with joy, telling everybody. She wants everyone to know about this interaction. The story is quite different from last week's story where Nicodemus stayed quiet in the cover of the night and the Samaritan woman is telling all about this. The Samaritan woman at the well, she's lived a life. She has a story. She's had five husbands and she's living with a man now that's not her husband. And unlike the video implies, we don't know the story. We don't know the names of the men, whether she was widowed or divorced. We don't know if she was mistreated or abused. We don't know the whole story, but Jesus does. And Jesus doesn't judge or condemn her. We can tell from the story that there seems to be some shame around her story because she's going to the well in the middle of the day, in the heat of the day. She doesn't want to go with the other women. She doesn't want people to know that she's going in the middle of the day, so she's avoiding people. Because people would see her and judge her, and yet Jesus, he sees her, and he sees past her shame. He sees, he reveals to her that he is the Messiah. Culturally, Jesus shouldn't have been there. We talked about some of the reasons why earlier, but also Jews would often avoid going through Samaria. It was the quickest route, traveling from Judea, to Galilee, if you were to go the most straight, quickest way, it would be right through Samaria, and they would often choose to go the longer route, and the reason is, is because it was dangerous. It was dangerous to go through Samaria, you didn't know who might mug you, who might rob you, and the scriptures in verse 4, I don't know if you caught it, but it says they had to go through Samaria that day. I was doing a little research on this, and I found that scholars are in disagreement about why Jesus had to go through Samaria that day. Some scholars say that it has a geographical meaning. And I don't know what that means. Maybe there was a snowstorm or a traffic jam. The semi had tipped over, and they couldn't go that way. For some reason, they couldn't go the long way. The only way there was straight. And maybe there was was something preventing them from going that shorter route, or maybe the reason's theological. Maybe Jesus knew that he had to go through Samaria because he had to have an interaction with this woman. Maybe that's the reason he had to go through Samaria. And I don't know if it was the shorter route because according to the scriptures, he stayed there for two days. So he must not have been in a hurry. He stayed there. So why did Jesus choose to go this way? We don't know. It was dangerous. He could have been mugged or murdered. The Jews, they didn't get along with the Samaritans. He wasn't safe going through Samaria. But I think the reason Jesus had to go through Samaria that day is because he wanted to reveal that he was the Messiah. And what better way to first reveal that you're a Messiah than to a woman who is an outcast, who no one would even listen to? Who better to reveal that he was the Messiah? And what I love about this video from The Chosen is that it highlights this tension. Did you feel that tension, that there were barriers between them? There was tension, and Jesus, he says that he's there to break down those barriers. It won't matter your story. It won't matter where you come from, whether you come from Jerusalem or Samaria or Canastasia. It doesn't matter where you come from. The living water that Jesus gives is for us all. And I think that's part of the message here, is it's for us all. They used to believe that the Messiah was coming to save the Jews. And all throughout the gospel, we see that the Messiah has come to save the Jews, and he's come to save the Samaritans, and he's come to save the Gentiles, too. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. The good news of Jesus is for us all. And so Jesus, he reveals to her that he is the Messiah. She sees she sees that he is the one that they've been waiting for, and then she runs to tell others. Everyone who hears of Jesus is astonished. And they urge him to stay in the village a while, the outcast woman, she becomes a catalyst for this movement, a catalyst for the belief of many Samaritans in that community. People's lives are transformed by this message of living water. The most transformative thing in this story, I think, is the presence of Jesus, who breaks the religious and geographical boundaries to demonstrate his love and care for someone who would normally be excluded being seen and known by Jesus is what truly transforms her. The life of the woman at the well is transformed because she has been seen and known when all she was used to was exclusion and shame. Love and compassion are transformative. Love has the power to change people. They talk in the scripture about this harvest. And at first, when I was reading it, it was, it felt kind of off subject. Why is Jesus now talking about a harvest. They're at the well. It doesn't seem to fit, but this harvest is for the kingdom of God. This the spring, the harvest of God that's springing up in Samaria. It's unexpected to the disciples. Jesus is the expected Messiah, but he's not the Messiah that they expected. He's humble and gracious. He lifts up the overlooked, the outcast, the ridiculed, and the oppressed. Jesus here, he's rejecting the idea and teaching his followers to reject it as well, that the kingdom of God is only for certain people. Like the disciples were sometimes surprised by the movement of God. Have you ever been surprised by the movement of the Holy Spirit? Sometimes he works in ways you wouldn't expect. He works through people you wouldn't expect. He includes the people that you might not want to include. They didn't expect a harvest to happen where it was happening. You would expect for the Messiah to reveal himself to the Jews and to save the Jews and to work through the Jews. But here, he's working through Samaria. This is the first sort of revival of the gospel being spread, and it wasn't where they expected it. And so this story is good news for anyone who's ever felt like an outsider, anyone who's ever felt like they weren't included in the story But it can also be a challenging message. I think it's challenging for anyone who's ever been an insider. It's challenging for us to look beyond our comfort zone, to look at those who are not included and to include them. It can be challenging to see the people that we would normally overlook. So I wanna ask who are the nobodies in our world? Who are the nobodies in our community? Do you see them? Do you overlook them? Are we being people to to the people? Are we being Jesus to the people we would normally overlook? We often prefer to leave out the nobodies. And Jesus here, he doesn't do that, so we shouldn't do that either. He welcomes the outsider as well as the insider into discipleship. Division has been a reality in our world throughout history. It was It was, division was in the Bible, it was in our past, but it's also here in our present. We have a lot of division in our world. Does anyone agree with that? Yes. There is a lot of division. Humans everywhere have created boundaries of who's in and who's out, who do we associate and who do we don't, who do we not associate, and yet Jesus is our example, someone who broke those boundaries over and over again to To illustrate to us just the vastness of God's love, God's love extends beyond our human-made boundaries. Jesus humbled himself in extraordinary ways in order to bring justice and love to those around us. He demonstrated to us the kind of people we're supposed to be, who don't pass judgment, but act with compassion. People who cross human-made boundaries to share the love of God with others. So may this be our challenge this week to see others as Christ sees them, to see others with love and compassion, to see past their history, their story, to see past their shame or mistakes, to see others without judgment as Jesus sees them. I'm going to invite the worship team up as I close in prayer, but this is my challenge for you today is as you're out there in the school, be thinking about who are the people we would normally overlook or exclude. Jesus, I thank you today for being the God who sees, the God who sees us in our shame, who sees us in our mistakes, who sees past that, who sees us as people that you dearly love. Lord, I pray that you teach us to love like you love, to see people without judgment, to see beyond our human-made boundaries, to love people who might be different than us, who might believe differently than us, who might act differently than us. Lord, help, help us to love others with the love that only you can give us, that only you can provide, so that our community will will learn to, to follow you because they see a love in us that is contagious, that they just they want to be a part of that story, Lord. I pray that you will fill us with your spirit so that we can love our community just like you, Lord, and we give you all of the thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.